to the hip hop, the hip it, the hip it to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Now what you hear is not a. All right, DFS MVP. He's TJ Hernandez. I'm holding Kushner. TJ, before we get started, tell me about the music, man. Yeah, man. I uh, started us off with uh, the the new year with maybe the best rap song of all time, "Rapper's Delight" by Sugar Hill Gang from the uh, self titled album Sugar Hill Gang. The album dropped all the way back in 1980. I wasn't even born yet, and the single came out in 1979. So we we threw it all the way back for this first one of the season. Uh, of course, like always, or if you're new and don't know, DFS MVP Spotify playlist is available. On Spotify, just search DFS MVP. You'll find that and all of our old intro music on that playlist. All right, buddy, let's do this. We got uh, on tap today. We got the first look at week one DFS. DraftKings is out right there. Mm-hmm. If we got time, I'll tell you about my cash game strategy, which I kind of completely flipped last year and didn't even talk about. It was later in the season. And then, of course, uh, I had you look into some rookies and their performance in week one. And you know, the, the big one I remember is Robert Griffin III at New yeah. Orleans just because I was working at D.C. Sports Radio, and he went berserk that game. But um, maybe trusting rookies because I think Kyler Murray might be mm-hmm. a little bit popular in week non- number one. But uh, what do we got right now for our listeners? Yeah, so uh, it's obviously August. As we record this, the Hall of Fame game is going on. So DFS season is is upon us. So it's time to start uh, getting those DFS subs in if you haven't at 4 for 4. Uh, if you sign up now, we have three major giveaways going on. Uh, check it out on my Twitter at TJ Hernandez. It breaks down all those giveaways. And if you haven't signed up yet, you can use promo code DFSMVP for 10% off of the DFS subscription. If you rate and review, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, you'll automatically be entered to win uh, free swag. Now, we usually give away one t-shirt to one listener. Uh, This is our 100th episode. It's the first one of the season, so I think we'll give it to... Uh, let's give it to two listeners this week. Ooh. We'll we'll give out two. We'll double it up to start off the season. Uh, we have the best t-shirts in the game. They're the most comfortable t-shirts I own. And we added black swag to the store this year. So I still don't even have black swag yet. So if you rate and review, you can get the new stuff before I do. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds The amazing. black t-shirts. We got the black t-shirts. We have black hoodies. We have black uh, beanies. Ooh, so black yeah. beanie. Yeah, they're nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, also, if you'd like, I can give away my red four for four t-shirt because I have a dad body this year and it shrunk a little bit and it just doesn't even fit me. We can so, do like it'll be like the game worn. Uh, we could charge extra for it. Yep. We could put it on your on your player yep. card. I'll autograph it. So whoever wants <laughs> that, make sure you really let TJ know which one you want, because uh, you can get two t-shirts from him and then a game worn autographed uh dad bod four for four t-shirt as well let's get into this dude this uh, landmark episode right 100 episodes congrats to you tj you've been a part of all of them raybon was amazing yeah you guys got me you, you really taught me so much and then last year me hopping in i'm so excited about year number two learned a lot last year uh won some last year too that was fun and here's what we do if you're a new listener we go through our core plays at each position for the main slate Rake free daily fantasy is here available only on fantasy draft. A hundred percent of the entry fees are paid to contest winners. A hundred percent. So for a limited time, fantasy draft offering a seven day free trial on your first thousand dollars in rake free entries. Think about that. 
That's monster. Go to fantasydraft.com. Use promo code four for four to claim your free seven day trial. Okay, TJ, let's look at um, what this DK lobby looks like right now. Do you find that the salaries are tight, little loose? How do you look at them right now in week one? Yeah, so as it stands right now, they actually, as we record this, they uh, it looks like they've released all of the contests for the main slate. When they dropped pricing, they'd only uh, released one one contest. So it looks like all of the all of the contests have remained pretty static as far as like which games are being offered, what the rake structure looks like, the payouts. So there shouldn't be too many surprises for people that have played DraftKings before and jump on there. Uh, I've already started building lineups. Of course, we're over a month away from from week one, but just kind of playing with lineups to see what they look like salaries look pretty tight uh you you can't just jam in like three or four studs right now but of course we still have four full weeks of preseason uh injuries can happen holdouts can happen and by week one after the entire preseason there's usually at least one or two guys that become really obvious value so while salaries it looks like they did a pretty good job right now uh it's it's not rare that by week one we have two min price guys that end up being must plays and then all of a sudden it, it becomes uh, a little bit of a free-for-all so that's that's always a consideration when salaries are dropping this early but it's still fun because it gets us talking about it gets us excited about the season and um even without those those crazy uh values yet there are some there's a handful of guys that caught my eye at each position we talked about it uh in the article that i dropped last week uh on four for four when pricing did drop and we'll touch on some of those today well, I mean, the first thing is you're going to have injuries, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. last year, and I think, you know, maybe on the FanDuel side of things, they did a good job of pricing up a couple of backups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember it with yeah. DraftKings, but you're going to have injuries and that just expect it right now. Like Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, if, mm-hmm. you know, Melvin Gordon doesn't report, there's just going to be a lot of guys that are going to have a lot more value and you're going to get value and things are going to open up. Yep, for sure. It happens every year, but uh, but like I said, it's it's still worth it to look at some of these guys that are priced below what they should be as as expected starters right now. Yep, no doubt about it. So uh, you look at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how many people are going to pay up week one, but I do see between maybe the fifty seven hundred sixty five sixty six hundred level and Carson Wentz, who I I think is a great value for an MVP if you're putting down money that way. Is he a good value right now in week number one? Yeah, and in general, just looking at, at pricing and 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 salaries across the other positions uh, on DraftKings, it, the way scoring setup, you generally don't have to pay up for quarterback. I think in week one, it looks like there's a lot of value at quarterback where you're not going to have to to go all the way up to to like the Mahomes. Uh, Carson Wentz is priced down at fifty seven hundred uh, early. Um, lines have the Eagles as the biggest favorite of the week. They're favored by nine against the Redskins. Early lines have them as the biggest uh, score of the week. Their implied total is over 28. And I, th- I think you mentioned Wentz is a guy that uh, is might be a good MVP bet. I mean, this is he he had some injury troubles. Obviously, uh, he's a guy that I just like to dominate fantasy this year. Even if it's just not just because Deshaun, but Deshaun's presence alone should really open up this offense. The Eagles last year they were just a very uh, they were a really predictable offense. They they threw a lot, and a lot of that was uh, to Zach Ertz. They didn't have a ton of weapons on the outside. Obviously, Alshon was there, but beyond that, they didn't get a, a ton of production from Aguilar and the other guys. They used their running backs. Uh, 
pretty sporadically. They, they ranked in the bottom 10 in percentage of touches to running backs. Deshaun's going to open up this offense in terms of giving room to, uh, to Alshon, to Zach Ertz. Uh, the, the, Eagles threw it one of the lowest rates uh, in terms of deep ball last year. I think that's going to switch this year with Deshaun. Even if you just add his 25 to, to 30 uh, really deep targets, the Eagles could become one of the um, most heavy deep ball teams. And Carson Wentz, is, he's actually one of the most accurate deep ball throwers since coming into the league ranks top 10 and on target rate uh, on deep balls. And then... Another thing that's just going to open up this offense as a whole, it doesn't translate directly to Carson Wentz, but the Eagles, now they have formidable running backs. They have Jordan Howard, say what you will about him. If you know, he doesn't give you much in the passing game, but he's, he's a, pretty good runner and it looks like he's been the guy that's uh, been leading the way in training camp at least through the first week and then they they drafted Miles Sanders so they're going to have running backs that they can use they can use effectively Sanders is uh viable in the passing game so I think it's just going to open up the offense as a whole and with what looks like uh Eagles should be one of the the best offenses in the league this year they could get to a really big start week one yeah, you know, I was just doing a, a thing on Cam Newton for the fantasy mm-hmm. first podcast I do here for four for four. Mm-hmm. And you look at him in 2017, he he was the number two overall fantasy quarterback because yeah. a lot of running there, touchdowns at the goal line last year was still a top 10. He was number 10, missed the yeah. last two games, had shoulder issues. Well, he was just talking about don't expect too much. Don't expect too much. You know, right now it's a process. The shoulder's not there. But you look at the video, he's certain. He's hitting Curtis Samuel deep. He's hitting DJ Moore deep. And I wonder what your thoughts are on Cam in week number one. I mean, he's he's pretty expensive. He's priced as the QB four, I think. Uh, Sixty five hundred is pretty expensive for a quarterback on DraftKings, but it uh, that's one of those games that that could definitely shoot out. Uh, the over under I think is at forty nine or no, that one's over, the only one over fifty or uh, one or two over fifty. Uh, but the spread on that one is just three points. So that game has a lot of shootout potential between uh the Rams and the Panthers. Cam's at sixty five hundred. Goff's at sixty two hundred. Even if even with Cam's uh, injury or last year he had his injury. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he's going to give you something on the ground and that's really valuable for a quarterback. Uh, golf was very efficient. If he was, a, he was really, really efficient, especially touchdown score. When, um, when Cooper cup was on the field, I'm not sh- We're still not sure if he's going to be ready for week one. It sounds like he should be uh, both these quarterbacks priced as top seven quarterbacks, but uh, it's a potential shootout game. We like those spots for our quarterback. So uh, we're still pretty far from like determining who our core cash games are for week one, but uh, it, it's not a bad idea to, to throw some of these guys in GPPs in the potential shootouts. And especially if, if we get to a point where it feels like cam is going to be uh, a fade for people because he is expensive. All of a sudden that becomes a really attractive GPP play. Any other quarterbacks you're looking at right now? Just look juicy on the, uh, on the old salary scale. Yeah, uh, that that 49ers Buccaneers game pops is another one that could be a shootout uh, potential. Early lines have that one at 49 point over under, and it's a pick 'em. Uh, so that could be a, a great spot for Jimmy G at 5800. Jameis 6600. Jameis is priced above Cam, uh, so I'm really interested to see what ownership will look like there. But Tampa Bay was. Uh, arguably the worst secondary in the league this year they drafted a couple rookies to try to help out with that but they they really haven't done much to make us think that all of a sudden their defense is going to be good so i'm i'm 
probably going to be looking there for some uh for some at least for some upside and then two guys that are really interesting i'm gonna talk more about kyler murray a, a little later but kyler Mur- murray and josh allen are both priced at 5600 uh they're gonna give you a lot on the ground they don't neither of those games look like they're gonna be super high scoring but uh they're guys that can can definitely run the ball and we saw josh allen what he did down the stretch and I don't think anyone would say by any means he was a good real quarterback, but he was putting up fantasy points. And and I think he uh, can definitely start off the year uh, doing the same thing. All right. Very good. That's the uh, quarterback position there. And you move on to the running backs now. And again, is Ezekiel Elliott going to be back? Mm -hmm. Is Melvin Gordon going to be back? Are we going to have any injuries that are coming up now? So that's interesting. Um, so DK, as you said, they're going to add the newly signed mm-hmm. players, right? Yeah. So, uh, so for instance, Dallas just signed Alfred Morris. If uh, a, a week ago when salaries dropped, we were saying if if Zeke holds out, Tony Pollard at forty five hundred is going to be the obvious guy. If Alf who was just signed and, and really ends up playing, then people are going to be thinking about playing him. Uh, DraftKings doesn't have his salary on there, but they made an announcement that any player signed between now and September 2nd will have a salary added to the week one slate on September 2nd. So we don't know what it is right now. Um, Alfred Morris isn't listed, but if he stays on the team and uh, Zeke holds out, then we'll know. Uh, the other one, Chargers, uh, with Melvin Gordon holding out, Austin Eckler at fifty five hundred, Justin Jackson at four thousand dollars. We we don't know at this point if we're going to need to use any of these guys, but that if say some way we avoid all running back injuries, that's where the the value of the entire slate's really going to swing on if Zeke or Melvin Gordon end up playing Week One. Uh, Austin Eckler at, at fifty five hundred, so Zeke's potential holdout came out uh, before salaries dropped. So I don't know if if DK price Eckler up just in case. I mean, he does have some standalone value. Even with Gordon last year, we saw him get used a little bit. So I'm not surprised that he's not a men's salary player, but uh, 5,500, it's not so cheap that Eckler's going to be a must play, even if um, Gordon doesn't play week one. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, how that plays out because I think there's potential for everyone just to automatically ju- jump on Eckler because Gordon's out, but there's people priced around him that are, uh, that are viable options. So I don't think Eckler is, is a must play that week. Um, we, we saw Eckler and Jackson together last year, uh, when Gordon was out. Eckler in three starts had a, a 26.3 and a 15.4, uh, point game between weeks 12 and 14 in the middle of that he had a game less than 10 ppr points so a little bit of variance there and then uh justin jackson if if you remember austin eckler actually got hurt after gordon was out uh that first week that eckler was out justin jackson he got a lot of touches on the ground i think he had like 15 rushes but he really struggled i think he only got like 60 something yards Next week, barely had any touches, uh, at least in the running game, but he was really involved in the passing game, had 10 targets and seven receptions. So both of these players are probably going to be viable, at least considerations, if Gordon doesn't play. Yeah, I think Jackson, by the way, it's, it could even be a first and second down guy with Eckler coming in. For sure. Him. So the, the Eckler-Jackson situation is going to have to play itself out. Yeah. And just a personal gut and listening to what the agent's saying, I, I don't see Melvin Gordon being there week one. Now it we sounds, could go listen back to this. I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, I think the exact quote was like they're, they're miles apart. Um, and then all of a sudden they 
they went to negotiations and came out requesting a trade. So mm-hmm. that's not a good sign. No, no, but it's all posturing, but it really doesn't look good right now. Uh, then you've got a couple other guys, Dalvin cook, when he was healthy last year, he was absolutely mm-hmm. electric playing uh, as a home favorite. Chris Carson against the Bengals. Mark Ingram, who I am just completely enamored with in that offense. I think he's just uh, he's primed for a monster year. People are sleeping on him. We're talking DFS week one. What do you think of those three guys? Uh, Dalvin Cook at $6,000, four and a half point home favorites against the Falcons. At least uh, the line says that a month before the season starts. But priced just outside the top 12. Uh, Cook's in a spot where I think he could approach as much volume as any of the the guys priced $7,000 and above at his position. Uh, Minnesota last year, they were one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league if we look at the season-long stats. But if you recall, in December, they fired offensive coordinator uh, John DiFilippo. From that point on, they were actually one of the more run-heavy teams in the league. Uh, they held on to uh, to that same system this year, uh, same coaching staff. And I think Minnesota actually switches to uh, a more run-first team this year. And obviously, if, if Minnesota does perform as expected as a home favorite, that could really benefit Dalvin. All right, so that's the, the running back breakdown there, just really quick, uh, Carson and Ingram. Are you with me on, on Mark Ingram? Just for the First of all, it's a team that loves to run, and second of all, you got a running quarterback. I think it can help him out a bit. Sure, I'm, I have a little trepidation just because Ingram was obviously in such a, a potent offense uh, in New Orleans that 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 definitely benefited him and boosted his value. But uh, Baltimore, like you said, a rushing quarterback is going to open up lanes for uh, his running back. And and obviously last year with Jackson, Baltimore was one of the most run heavy teams in the league. A lot of that had to do with the fact that Jackson was the one running it. But with Jackson, Baltimore still had the seventh most running back carries in the league. So not only are they running, they're running a lot. And Greg Roman, he's going to run it as much as any offensive coordinator in the league. So Mark Ingram at 5,100 against Miami. Uh, I think he's a solid bet there. Chris Carson, uh, Seattle projects as one of the biggest favorites in week one and uh cincinnati they were a bottom five run defense last year uh chris carson's only fifty seven hundred dollars again another offensive coordinator brian schottenheimer who's going to be a very run heavy coach even if rashad penny does cut into carson's work uh schottenheimer is going to give this team so many rushing opportunities that i think we actually have two viable fantasy options in that backfield TJ under the wide receiver position, D.D. Westbrook uh, right now the front runner to be the wide receiver one in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, in the olden days, last year, the year before that, Blake Bortles, you're looking at him. He had a couple blow up games, but for the most part, you know, he was just garbage last mm-hmm. year. And so there's an upgrade at quarterback there and they're playing Kansas City. I mean, yeah. you just look at it, whoever's the number one in Jacksonville, maybe even the number two. um, that might be a nice little contrarian play there for sure. Uh, DD Westbrook is someone that he was one of the first players that I wrote up this off season when I was looking at my player profiles. Uh, I, I think he's just bound to be the, the lead target guy in Jacksonville and by a pretty wide margin with Nick Foles there, they obviously get an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, I mentioned John DeFilippo, when he was with the Vikings, they were one of the most pass-heavy teams in the league. Now DeFilippo's the offensive coordinator uh, for the Jaguars, which he still has to uh, 
he still has to convince Doug Marone, the head coach, who I believe will still be calling plays to uh, shift to a more pass-heavy offense. I, I don't think all of a sudden Jacksonville becomes a, a team that's throwing it 35 times a game, but I do believe with the Filippo there, they can go from a team that was bottom five in passing rate to, to middle of the pack. And obviously that's a pretty big jump. Uh, Foles, at least in his time in, uh, in Philadelphia, the last couple of years really favored the slot guy really liked throwing those shorter patterns was very accurate on those shorter patterns. And Westbrook is the primary slot guy, uh, for Jacksonville. I said in the article that I wrote up on him, I wouldn't be surprised to see him approach a 25% target share in Jacksonville this year. That could translate to uh, close to 140 targets. So for 4,800 in a game where the Chiefs have to throw, Westbrook could be uh, the cheapest source of possibly double-digit targets in Week One. Yep, I mean, that's that, that's one that stands out right there. Um, we got to figure out what's going to happen with the 49ers receiving mm-hmm. situation. That's one I'd like for you to talk about. Uh, AJ Green is out against Tyler Boyd. Yep. Gets a, another big role in Cincinnati. And uh, why don't you talk about those two before we get to the Chiefs? Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, the 49ers, I mentioned that could just be a a really big shootout spot. Uh, If people decide to play Jimmy G and go for a stack, the obvious one's going to be with George Kittle. Uh, Dante Pettis was pretty much the wide receiver one down the stretch last year. And already in camp, they're saying that he looks like he's going to be the primary guy. So at at 5,400, Dante Pettis as a play in that potential shootout, uh, I, I think you could probably make the argument, uh, when we get close to the week that he'd be a cash viable play. Tyler Boyd with AJ Green out. Cincinnati's a, a huge underdog. Uh, $5,800. He'll probably be one of the highest owned wide receivers of the week, week one. Almost no matter what happens, I'd be surprised if he isn't top three or four, uh, owned wide receivers. I generally don't like going with a chalk at wide receiver because it's such a high variance position, but at sub 6,000, you're, you're not going to give up too much to go with a chalky wide receiver in that spot. What are we doing with the chiefs here? Now, Tyreek, obviously, mm-hmm. um, avoiding jail time, but mm-hmm. he still could get uh, some punishment for the NFL. I don't see it happening now. Uh, Sammy Watkins has been a guy who surprisingly has been productive, even with Tyreek out there. So who are you looking at? What's Where's the value in the wide receiver core there? Well, we know that the Chiefs are, at least to start the season, they'll probably be as a whole one of the highest own offenses in the league, regardless of salary. Patrick Mahomes is always going to be the most expensive quarterback uh, unless something drastic changes. Tyreek Hill's going to generally be one of the most expensive uh, wide receivers, and then everyone's always going to want a piece of their their backfield. Uh, but basically with, with Tyreek back, it's going to suppress the ownership of Sammy Watkins. Now, for for a, a number two wide receiver um and i didn't even mention travis kelsey he'll always be high on too uh number two wide receiver probably the de facto number three really behind kelsey and and tyreek he'll probably be higher owned than other wide receivers in his price range but with tyreek back it'll be lower than it would have been so you can still get sammy Watkins at five thousand dollars uh Last year, when he saw at least five targets, he averaged 5.3 catches, 71 yards, 0.43 touchdowns per game. So with the DK bonus, he basically averaged almost 17 draft kicks points when he saw at least five targets. And uh, fully healthy, I think that should be his target floor this year, or this this week one at least. All right, let's move on to tight end position. Um, 
Mark Andrews, we're mm -hmm. going back to the Ravens once again. Here's Mark Andrews, uh, just 3K. Jordan Reed, if he's healthy, he's mm -hmm. playable. Um, and, I, and I think Austin Hooper, too. I'm really looking forward to see what this kid does after working with Tony Gonzalez a whole bunch this offseason. Give me a little overview of the tight end position. Yeah, and I, I think we mentioned it earlier, but we're just, we're just going through the guys that stood out as values. Uh, when, we get, when we get to week one, we'll go over our favorite plays. Obviously, we haven't touched on any of the expensive guys, so uh, this doesn't mean these are our favorite plays. These are just the values that jumped out to me. Uh, but at tight end, the, the value that I really like is Mark Andrews. He's another guy uh, like D.D. Westbrook that I've been kind of pounding the table for this offseason. He, he built up a nice rapport with Lamar Jackson on the Ravens down the stretch last year. Uh, obviously the Ravens weren't throwing that much, so it only took four or five targets to get to that like 20% target share. Uh, but Andrews is a guy that, that could challenge for the team lead in targets in Baltimore this year. Uh, I mentioned Greg Roman is one of the most run-heavy offensive coordinators in the league, but what he does let his quarterbacks do when he lets them throw is throw it deep. Uh, and Mark Andrews is one of the, the better better vertical tight ends in the league. He ranked second in average depth of target last year, uh, over 11 yards. And if you remember, Greg Roman was the coach that oversaw Colin Kaepernick and Vernon Davis when they had that monster year together. If we look at Lamar Jackson, how he likes to scramble, how he could throw it downfield, and, and Mark Andrews and how he stretches the field, I think there's a lot of parallels between Cap and Vernon Davis and Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And if they prove to be as good as a lot of fantasy analysts and myself think that they could be, this might be the cheapest we see Andrews all year. Hmm. Jordan Reed, Delaney Walker, Austin Hooper, thoughts there? Uh, Jordan Reed and Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker obviously missed all of last year, uh, but he's priced down at $3,500 against the Browns. Uh, we know that when he's healthy and when Marcus Mariota are healthy, that that is the connection in, uh, in Tennessee. Uh, obviously, a lot of people aren't going to be too excited about that passing game, but Delaney Walker is the the primary target there he's the primary red zone target for Mariota and I don't know I I don't know if Cleveland will be a popular play in week one but generally the offenses that are most hyped in the offseason even just from a redraft perspective are going to get uh, inflated ownership early in the year so I could see a situation where people are really excited to play Odell to play Baker to play Chubb and they have really high ownership or at least higher than what we would expect and Walker could be a good leverage play there Jordan Reed at 3600 obviously he has the injury prone tag this is the first time in I think it's three off seasons that Reed is in camp without uh, an injury and even last year uh, he led his team in targets uh, six times. No other tight end, I'm sorry, uh, no other tight end besides Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, or Zach Ertz did it more than five times. So as far as tight ends that are going to lead the way on their team for targets, uh, Jordan Reed, I think he's still that guy because Washington's, uh, their receiving court just isn't good. As long as his foot doesn't fall off between now and then. I mean, yeah, seriously. man. I mean, hey, he's he's as healthy as he's been in almost five years. So we know that he can when he's healthy, he's been great. Um, so I, I think he'll be I don't think anyone is gonna play him in cash, but thirty six hundred dollars, I there's no reason that he doesn't lead this team in targets and Washington, I mentioned Philadelphia's a huge favorite. Washington's going to be forced to throw. Uh, I mean, he's a tight end that could easily see seven or eight targets in week one. That's pretty good for that position at $3,600. All right, so last things here with the, with the values in week one. Defensively, 
the Chiefs are twenty eight hundred bucks on DK. Mm-hmm. The Lions twenty nine hundred bucks on DK. I know you you got San Francisco up there as well. What do you like about these three teams? Yeah, Chiefs are the, they're the cheapest favorite of the week. Uh, twenty eight hundred. Uh, Nick Foles is going to be making his first start for that offense. Chiefs were not a a good real um, defense last year, but if they're in a position where they can get a big lead on Jacksonville, that's obviously a really good spot. So we're looking for those favorites. You're not going to find a cheaper one than Kansas City. Uh, the Lions at twenty nine hundred. Kyler Murray is going to be a popular play, and we're going to talk more about this when we when we talk about rookies uh, making their debut. But I think he's going to end up being a popular play in Week One. Um, but the Lions are the favorites, and I believe it was the Lions against Sam Darnold in Week One last year that uh, that ruined his debut. So Kyler making his debut, Cliff Kingsbury making his debut. I, would you be surprised if it goes off the rails, at least for week one, for a, a rookie head coach and, and a rookie quarterback? I mean, the, if their popular lines are a, a really good leverage play, and then San Francisco 2200 at Tampa Bay, this kind of goes against what we think about when we think about what we're looking for in a defense. Uh, this is expected to be a shootout. San Francisco's on the road. The game is a pick So on the surface, it looks like a pretty bad play doesn't look like something you would consider but another thing that we want from our defense they want we want them to face a team that's going to throw a lot and we know tampa bay is going to do that especially with bruce arians there now uh Jameis winston is a quarterback that he could go off the rails anytime we've seen it just early as last year got pulled twice because he'll throw four picks in a game and now with bruce arians there bruce arians throws deep as much if not more than any uh, coach in the league now that's obviously good for the upside potential of, of an offense but also means Jameis is going to be doing a lot of seven step drops and holding on to the ball a lot and then we have Nick Bosa making his debut so if Nick Bosa comes out on fire and Jameis is struggling San Francisco could all of a sudden be putting up some fantasy points all right we still got a lot more to get to for the end of the show we got uh, new things at four for four. We'll talk a little game theory, some strategy. I had TJ look into some rookie performances in week one. But listen, we got the rake free revolution. It is here. It's available only on Fantasy Draft. Rake commission management fee. Call it what you want. The days of paying 10, 12, 15% of your entry freeze to the house are over. You can play rake free only on Fantasy Draft where 100% of entry fees are paid to contest winners. Every single dollar in entry fees paid to contest winners on Fantasy Draft. Fantasy Draft, exclusive rate-free contests. All you need to do to become a member, just go. Membership plan suitable to all levels of play, including the free player's first plan, allowing for $100 in rake-free entries per month. And for a limited time, we got Fantasy Draft offering a seven-day free trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries with their starter plan. So it's time to start playing your favorite contest rake-free on Fantasy Draft. Your bankroll's going to love it. Register at FantasyDraft.com with promo code 4 for 4 to get a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com. Promo code four for four to claim your free seven day trial. So uh, TJ, uh, last year mm-hmm. you, you're going to go through your ups and downs. I had a really hot start to the season, hit a big dip uh, like I never had before. And then I'd say, gosh, maybe four weeks left in the season. In a regular season, I decided to just go YOLO, and I would. <laughs> I mean, I talked to a, a, a buddy of mine. 
who works at another site. And he, I said, listen, I'm in a little slump right now. And th this is another thing. Talk to people in the industry. People in the industry are great. You know, they'll answer you back on Twitter or Facebook or however, email, whatever. But I said, listen, man, I'm a little funk. What are, you know, what do you do? Um, why are you so successful? He's like, I don't play the floor game anymore. You no. know, I don't want I don't want to just play the safety thing. I, what I want to do is just put the best lineup in and whoever pops up in my model is who I'm going to go out there mm -hmm. and end up playing. So it, I, I looked at that and then I said to myself, let's look at all the 50 fifties and see what's going on here and how much chalk there is. And what I found was you're going to have to differentiate yourself in cash games. Now, this isn't uh, two, three years ago where there were so many new players, you had this strict formula you stuck to, and more often than not, you were going to be profitable. I mean, now so many people are are into the chalk that you have to come up with a couple of guys. I think two guys, less than 10% own, that's kind of going to, to change your lineup and make it a unique lineup. So I'll just say this. That's what I did last year. I think that everybody has to come up with their own process. And also, you know, it was a four-game sample. I only played tournaments in the postseason. It was a four-game sample. I won three out of four weeks in cash games. That was a nice little way to finish up the, the rest of the regular season. But it's a new way, and I'm going to try and do it for a full year this year. Just differentiate myself in cash lineups to give mm -hmm. myself an edge to get away from the rest of the pack. Because I think just playing – Playing every position, 40%, 50%, guys, it's just not going to get it done. Well, I mean, and look, it's and it's a case-by-case -case basis because, mm -hmm. I mean, if that 40%, 50% guy is an $8,000 receiver, that's a really good spot to fade. If that 40%, 50% guy is a $4,500 running back, you know, maybe you don't want to be fading that just because it's opening so much value. But right. what but what you're saying absolutely makes sense. And it's it's something that I've thought about and we I touched on a little bit in the past on the podcast. We I don't think we got too deep into it. Um but quickly to your point about everybody being on the chalk and, and a lot of no matter how good your projection model is, um your these values are are comparing salaries to projections. So whether four for four has this running back, this cheap running back uh, as the RB eight, while another website has them as the RB 13 or 14, that running back still going to pop compared to salary, no matter what, what your projection says, it'd have to be some crazy projection model for that player not to pop. And even if you don't have a subscription to four for four or another website, I mean, sites like Fanshare that, that, they do their ownership projections basically just by looking at what names are being mentioned. I mean, they, they go further than this, but a simple example, just what names are being mentioned the most on Twitter. I mean, so obviously the community is talking about the same people. So not only differentiating, but getting away from the idea, like you said, uh, who you talked to, like getting away from just a floor model. And, and I really agree with that from a respect of, we talk about DFS is, is all about value, or at least that should be the basis of, of our model. So if we're looking for value and your value model, whatever it might be, says that the best play is to play a quarterback and his running back, if if both of those players are, are head and shoulders above the rest in your eyes, you should be playing them together. Do you potentially have more downside? Absolutely. If, if that offense has a complete dud, then... I mean, you're you're not going to have a good day. It is what it is. 
but you're also building in upside to your lineup. And one thing that I've talked about, you you said you were playing some 50-50s, but especially if you're playing head-to-heads, and I, I've definitely touched on this point before, you should be building upside into your cash game lineups if you're playing head-to-heads because the difference is if you're playing a 50-50 with a standard 10% rake structure, you need to win 55% of the time on average to to win that 50-50. Um, and if you do that, then you win 1.x, 1.8x your money. For every $1 you play, every 50-50, you're going to win $1.80. It doesn't matter if you come in, uh, if you come in the top 60% or the top or the top 5%. I'm sorry, the top 40% or the top 5%. You get the same money. But in cash games, if you're playing 100 head-to-heads, if you are in the 99th percentile, then you win 99 of your head-to-heads. Whereas if you're uh, not and you say you just beat 60% of, of uh, the lineups, then you only win that $60. So there is incentive to build upside in your lineups, especially if you're playing exclusively head-to-heads or mostly head-to-heads. Yeah, and I'm mostly a double-up 50-50 yeah. guy. I mean, that's it, everybody's, oh, head-to-head, head-to-head. I'm just, mm-hmm. it's not something that I have, it's not a way that I've gone down. It's It's more... Uh, 50-50s, yeah. double-ups, and, and also, and I think we'll probably say this as the season goes on, take your cash lineup, put it in a tournament. Absolutely. And it's a $2 tournament. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, that that's probably one of the best and easiest tips that you can explain to people because that's going to exponentially grow your bankroll when you do hit. I mean, if if you're only playing, say you're someone that only plays $50 a week and you actually do stick to a strict bankroll plan, uh eventually your lineup is going to go bonkers and if you're if you all of a sudden win say $1500 in a tournament you some people might have just doubled their bankroll uh that's a big deal so for 2 bucks that's something you should definitely be doing um another point that i think should be made talking about building upside into your cash games not all double ups and 50/50s are built the same if if you're playing these mega uh, i think they call it like the massive double up on yeah. on on DraftKings don't do um, it. i don't I, I don't know the exact well the, here's the problem they're not single entry right. so just for for easy explanation let's say you're playing uh let's say you're playing 1000 um and it's a it's a 50 lineup max you can have five uh, pros that run a 50 player train. So 50, the same lineup. So instead of playing against a thousand different lineups, you might only be playing against maybe three or 400 different lineups. So even if you have a lineup that would win a regular 50, 50, if those people that ran out 50 lineups at a time go nuts, you're even with a good lineup, you're not going to catch them. So if you're playing in those, I mean, you, should probably have the ability to max enter them and have some upside, uh, but also just seek out the single entry ones. If you're going to play 50, 50, 50, 50s and double ups, absolutely seek out the single entry ones. And there's big single entry ones. There's some really big ones uh, like down to the $5 level. You can find single entry double ups with hundreds or thousands of people in them. And, and that's good because you're going to recognize the true expectation of your lineup. If, if you have a lineup that over the long term wins say 60% of the time, in a 10 person 50 50 you might go 15 you might go a whole season without winning a double up even though you have a 60 percent win rate if you're in a thousand person 50 50 or a thousand person double up you're you're gonna recognize your true value uh, much quicker 
All right. I like that. It's a, it's a good conversation. Again, just because what you did last year doesn't mean it's going to work this year. Yeah. If you do and, have success with it, continue it, but be open to change. Yeah. And this is something we'll definitely dive into before week one. Uh, it's stuff we've covered on 444, stuff we've covered on the podcast before. But every year there's new players playing DFS. And these these bankroll talks, these strategy discussions and how to build lineups, uh, it's essential to being good at DFS. I mean, we could get into our players every single week. But if you're not taking these fundamental steps, then you're even if you're picking the best lineups, you're eventually going to be a losing player. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely dive into this before. Uh, the season starts and probably do a, a whole theory segment on it and then even for those that have been listening have us have heard us talk about this before um i need a refresher so i'm sure that the listeners need a refresher as well i do too yeah. i always need a refresher man yeah. when you're off for six months you, you, yeah yeah this no bankroll stuff it. is important yeah no doubt about it all right so um i was interested in mm -hmm. in you looking into some rookies in week one uh, I don't even know if there's any patterns whatsoever because re really you're just looking at individual, you're looking at matchups, but mm. if you're thinking about playing a rookie, I mean, do you look at it from a macro view or does it have to be more of a micro view? Rookies week one, what did you find out? So I didn't do, I didn't do a super deep dive on this, um, mm. but I did just kind of look at how rookie we're, and we're looking at quarterbacks and, and running backs here specifically um, just in general, tight ends aren't going to perform in their first year and wide receivers. If they do, it's usually going to take till the second half of the season. Obviously you're going to have the outliers. Um, and if you could find that volume from rookie, then great. Um, but I mean, we, we've brought up Kyler Murray already a couple times on the show, and I think he could end up being a popular week one play just because people are excited about him, excited about the offense, excited about his rushing ability. That's all well and good. Uh, but so what I did is I just took all of the rookie running backs and quarterbacks going back to the year 2000. So that gives us 19 years of data uh, and just looked at how many points they scored. Um, obviously, 19 years ago, things were a little bit different. So the fantasy scoring isn't going to be apples to apples uh, in 2000 as it was last year. But it's it wasn't it's not so many millennia apart that like we can't get some context here. So if we look at at four for four, um, anybody that's subscribed to us before know that we run our own value model. We don't just do a straight um dollar uh, point per dollar model uh that's that's a linear model. We do it we do a non-linear uh, regression model and and that's a whole podcast to explain exactly what that means. But basically every position sh should have a, a different uh, value expectation based on their salary. And we've built that into our, our four for four DFS model. So it gives us a, a much more accurate idea of what a player's value should be. And when I'm talking about value with their, with their target points should be. So like, so in short on DraftKings, no matter the salary uh, you should be, getting about 20 points out of your cash game quarterbacks. That should be like your minimum target from the year 2000 until 2018. We've had 27 rookie quarterbacks make their debut in, in week one and attempt at least 15 passes. Only three of those guys have hit 20 DraftKings points in a game. So three out of 27 rookies making their debut. Um, that's barely over 10%. Uh, so it's, that's not a good number. So basically we haven't seen rookie quarterbacks ball out in week one. It just hasn't happened. All right. I mean, again, RG three is the one guy I remember. So, yeah. uh, running backs. I mean, I think running backs because of the volume rookie running backs mm -hmm. have often 
been very productive. And, you know, on the other side of things, the rookie wide receivers are always tough to, to trust. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the old cliche running back is, is all about volume. Uh, depending on their salary, Running backs usually need between 16 and 22 DraftKings points uh, based on our, our nonlinear value model. Uh, let's just say that like a rookie is never going to be all of a sudden priced like $8,000 off the bat. Let's say they'll never be above like 6500 Uh for, for context. I think there's only 10 running backs in week one priced $7,000 or above. Uh, so let's just say that they're never priced above 6,500. So they're going to need about 16 to 18 points uh, to hit value. So since 2000, there have been uh, 40 rookie running backs to have at least 12 carries in a game in week one. There have been 30 that have had at least 15 carries in a game uh, in their rookie season in week one. 20 of those have hit that have hit at least 16 DraftKings points. So even if they're a rookie, I mean, it shouldn't be too surprising. If a rookie running back is going to get the majority of his team's work and 15 carries is a lot, 12 carries is probably means that you're leading your team by a decent margin. Uh, most likely they're going to have a pretty decent game. So, yep. I mean, like, uh, I mean, if you look at the 15 carry threshold, we're looking at a, at like a, a 60%, 65% hit rate. Um, if we're looking at the 12 carry threshold, we've had 20 out of 40, 50%. So the chances of, of a running back, uh, I, I, basically, I don't think it matters if they're a rookie. If they're going to get the work, um, they're probably a viable play. Yep. Don't fade any running backs just because they're rookies. No right. doubt about it. All right, buddy. Um, I, by the way, I absolutely love what everybody's done with the do four for four site. Man, it looks so good. Different. Yeah, it looks, it looks awesome. so good. It is. It's very easy to get to, though, too. Yeah. So you can I, find I everything like you need. Congratulations. You guys have done a great job with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I did a little bit of, of testing and, and uh, put in some work on, on the new overhaul, but uh, but Josh Moore and Luis Escalante are digital, digital strategists, really. Uh, they really went hard this year, and, and it's something we've been trying to do for a long time. I, I think the users are going to be really happy. Obviously, people that have been with 444 for a long time have seen the different iterations, uh, and, and anytime you click on and see something new, you might be a little surprised, but from a, a user experience standpoint and from an ease of navigation, navigation uh i'm pretty sure everybody's going to be really happy with this um obviously it means improved dfs uh quality as far as our lineup generator and all of our tools go but just from top to bottom the website is is phenomenal i'm i'm i couldn't be more happy all right buddy this is uh great getting back into the swing of things and we'll be dropping uh the pod what every thursday right from here on out right right through yeah from here 17? on out th yeah this is going to release uh friday august 2nd but for the rest of the year uh, every Thursday until um, until championship weekend, we'll be with you. So we got the next uh, 22, 22, 26 weeks with preseason. <laughs> You'll be hearing my voice uh, in your headphones. So we're excited to get this thing started. Uh, we still got a month before week one kickoff, but uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year at four for four. Um, if you guys haven't signed up yet, or or you, uh, or even if you have seen it before, uh, the DFS content overall just it's really really beefed up i'm excited we we're pretty much returning everybody from last year uh denny carter kevin's at local pat james uh mike woller and then we've added adam pfeiffer who i've worked with with at the past back when i was um back when i was running roster coach adam pfeiffer is one of the sharpest just general football dudes 
in the industry, but uh, especially DFS. He's done some work over at RotoCurve. He'll be doing our our Yahoo breakdown, which we're going to be adding uh, this year, along with the fantasy draft breakdown, full slate breakdowns to go along with our FanDuel and DraftKings breakdowns. Aaron Hendricks, who's done some really great data work over at RotoGrinders. He was one of their main uh, showdown analysts in the past. He'll be doing all of our showdown analysis this year at four for four for every uh every major showdown slate and then tim talmage he's done some great work one of my favorite articles uh in the industry has been this proto joe's article that rotoviz has uh has ran uh, one of my close friends justin bailey was the originator originator of that article tim talmage took over for him now he'll be covering all of our short slates at four for four so in the past we've only covered the main slates and then games that aren't on the main slate separately this year we'll be doing breakdowns for every single individual slate and Tim Talmadge will be uh, helping us out with those. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, if you guys haven't signed up yet, DFS MVP gets you 10% off again, rate and review for a, uh, with a five-star review and you'll be entered to win some free four for four t-shirts. All right, this is one of, of many more shows. We're going to do this series, this uh, season and congrats on getting a hundred buddy. I hope yeah. I can get to 100. That, to, that means we'll be doing this a long time. To the next 100. Yeah, that means I'll still be good at DFS in 100 episodes. I hope so. <laughs> All right, pal. Take us out. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back with you guys for week two of the NFL preseason. Talk to you next week. Well, it's on and on and on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the break of dawn. I said a M-A-S, a T-E-R, a G with a double E. I said I go by the unforgettable name of the man they call a Master G. Well, my name is known all over the world by all the foxy ladies and the pretty girls. I'm going down in history as the baddest rapper that ever could be. Now I'm feeling the highs and you're feeling the lows. The beat starts getting into your toe. You start popping your fingers and stopping your feet and moving your body while you're sitting and you're sitting. Then damn, they start doing the freak. I said, bam, a writer out of your seat. Then you throw your hands high in.